Welcome to the Mom to Mom podcast. Our hope is that this monthly podcast will provide both encouragement and practical help as you move forward in raising the next righteous generation. Thank you so much for listening. Today on our Mom to Mom podcast, our guest is Jessica Sturdivant. Jessica is married to Matt Sturdivant, and he has recently become the new lead pastor of Hope Church in Texas. They've been married for almost 19 years and have two kids, Kenzie, who's four and a half years old, and Malachi, or we call him Kai, he's three years old. Um, Before she became a mom, she worked on staff at Hope Church under Harold Bullock's leadership. While she was on staff, she directed many areas, uh, such as worship, arts, communications, events, first impressions, and connections, and she also designed organized and created training programs that are used at Hope Church and the 17.6 network, such as North Star and Antioch Project. So many of our listeners have benefited from from Jessica's work. Um, And it's uh, great to hear from Jessica personally. I'm I'm actually really excited. Jessica and I are longtime friends. We've been friends for 17 years and I enjoy all my conversations with you, Jessica. So I'm so excited that our listeners get to hear from you today. Um, So thank you for being our guest on the Thanks for having us. Yeah. yeah. Um, So um, today's topic is trusting the Lord. And I believe that this topic is such a vital part of being a mom and in parenting. There are just so many opportunities to trust the Lord. Even today, I had many opportunities to trust the Lord in my parenting um, but we're constantly dealing with fears and, um, and just fears concerning our children and concerning our, our family life. Um, but um, I'm excited for you to share how God has used uh, many areas in your life to teach you this, this lesson of trusting God. So let's get started. And my first question for you, Jessica, is how have you seen this theme of trusting God in your life as a mom and as a woman? Well, I think for me, this is a lifelong journey, nor is it something that I have mastered. Um, but it's something I feel like the Lord's really been working on in my life. Um, through the years, there are new chapters, um, but a similar theme in each chapter of having to trust him. I think as women trust can be hard, especially, you know, if we've been hurt or we've had hard things happen to us in the past. Um, and as moms trusting God, we're not just trusting him with our own life, but with our marriage, with our family's finances, with our children, their health, their future. And that's really hard because that's trusting God with just the most vulnerable and tender parts of our heart. I think, you know, when it comes to trusting God with our children. And so, um, since I became a mom a few years ago, um, there has been a new theme, uh, well, a, a new revisiting of the theme of trusting the Lord. My kids recently memorized Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and I love hearing them say it to me because I think it really captures the heart of the challenge and walking with God through difficulty. Um, and it, what it says is, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he will make your paths straight. And I think one of the key parts of that is trusting him with all, every single bit of my heart. And early on, I think I somehow picked up a wrong idea about how life works. Um, 
I guess in my best way to describe it, I would say I, I kind of thought life was like walking through a field of wildflowers and then every now and then a giant, ugly giant would pop up and you'd have to battle the giant, you know, some sort of difficulty would arrive and you'd have to battle it, work your way through it. And then you'd go back to walking through a field of wildflowers. And, um, it was a lot, many years ago, but one summer I picked up Pilgrim's Progress again. I hadn't read it again as an adult and I started reading it and I realized, oh my goodness, I have the complete wrong picture about what trusting God and walking with him looks like. The whole journey with the Lord is actually a battle. It's, it's work. It's, it's a battle, but God's with us and he takes care of us and he provides places of refreshment and rest. And I think that really changed how I viewed trusting him instead of like, everything should be good all the time. And then these awful things come up and I might have to trust God. Then it turned it around into, wow, this whole journey with him, I'm going to have to trust him because it's going to be a challenge the whole time. And I need to be really grateful for the places of refreshment and the ways that I see his goodness showing up and the ways I see him walking through the journey with me. I can totally relate to your view of what life was supposed to look like. I had this just beautiful picture in my mind. And then anytime trouble would show up, I would be like, what is going on? I did not expect this. <laughs> and then I read that scripture in Proverbs that said, as surely as sparks fly, fly upward, man is born for adversity. And I thought, oh, that is different than I'm thinking too. So <laughs> I love that you... <laughs> that God has um, brought you to that picture too, that gosh, it's, it's crazy how we don't really realize that we have this picture in our mind mm -hmm. about certain things and um, just this ideal idealism in some of, mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. I'm an idealist and sounds like you might be too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a, that's a great picture. Um, so you know, as you said, um, as moms, we struggle with trusting the Lord with our lives, our responsibilities, our relationships, you know, you name it, uh, financial well-being, and especially our, our precious children. And, and it, you know, life doesn't, you know, it, it's full of trouble, you know, so we have plenty of opportunities to trust the Lord. Um, can you give me some examples of the challenges that you've faced in this area? I think early in marriage, um, some of the things I remember that um, brought the issue to the front of my mind of needing to trust the Lord um, were as Matt and I were early married and I had to follow Matt when I didn't agree. Um, I remember whenever at one point I was teaching full time, I loved teaching and Matt came to me and said, I really think you need to go part time because you're being stretched way too thin between ministry and teaching full time. And I thought he was absolutely wrong. <laughs> and I actually went to my dad to get him to back me up and said, dad, don't you think this is so wrong? And he looked at me and said, you got to go home and uh, follow your husband. And I went home and cried. <laughs> Matt said, well, what did he say? I said, he said, I have to follow you. <laughs> he patted me on the back and said, I know it's going to be okay. <laughs> But it was a choice to follow him. And it turned out really for my good. And it really was the right decision. But it was hard to see it at the time. Um, when I went on staff at Hope Church, that was not in my picture of the future. 
And um, I was really afraid I would fail. I wasn't sure I could do it. I remember Matt telling me as the Lord was speaking to us, like, I think you really got to trust God here and have courage. And I didn't feel like I had much courage, but I decided to trust God and go for it. Um, Early in ministry, you know, there were things and, and throughout the time of when you put your heart into trying to help in ministry, you, you get stretched and can I do it? And really I'm beyond my own capability. It's going to take God here. Or maybe people hurt you. That happens. And trusting, could God heal the hurt that's there? Um, infertility is something that we walked through for a long time and really having to trust God that he had a plan um, in the middle of what looked like all the plans were coming apart in my mind. Um, and I think too, with comparison, um, in walking through infertility, having to trust God when your life doesn't look like others or like you thought it would be, um, trusting does God, does God love me when he's saying no to what I most want? Um, or when he's asking me to tear up my picture of what I thought the future would be. And then as the Lord gave us kids and I became a mom, I am an older new mom, and I feel that in the morning when I get up uh, early with my children, and I have to trust the Lord to help me with very active little kids, and I'm tired. Um, our kids were not traditionally great sleepers, um, so if any mom is listening to this with a cup of coffee in her hand, she's already reheated three times, I feel you. Um, it's hard, uh, but having to trust the Lord to get me through when there's not much sleep. Um, when I was pregnant with Kai early in the pregnancy, we found out that I was pregnant with twins and I actually lost his twin really early in the pregnancy and didn't know if I was going to lose Kai. And that took trusting the Lord. We already had children, so we weren't dealing with infertility, but it was the loss of something and wondering what the future would be like then trusting God with, um, my kids coming to Christ and trying to really hear from him on what he's doing in their hearts. And, and then too, as we're in ministry and trying to raise our kids and have a good marriage, trying to blend all that together really is taken trusting God, trying to walk forward, trusting him to lead us and trusting him when it looks like it's not all blending well. <laughs> yes. Um, I, I can see that you have had a lot of opportunities to trust the Lord. And it's, it's so interesting. It's so different than my journey, but I can, I can relate in so many ways. I think, you know, I was a mom earlier, um, but I've had a lot of similar situations and, you know, being in ministry and, you know, being married and, um, and even in my parenting. But I think what I, I would love for you to focus on today is your journey of learning to trust God through the very difficult season of infertility. Um, just focusing on the before you became a mom. And I know it was a very long, arduous road of infertility. Like I, I remember talking with you about it. Um, but through this hardship, um, God has really taught you to walk with him. And, um, and I've just been so encouraged to see you walk through that. And then to see God bless you with children. Um, so I really think that the moms would really be blessed to, to hear that story. So um, moms, whether you are struggling with infertility or not, um, what I want you to focus on is just, um, just to hear the perspective that 
has shaped Jessica's life um, in the area of trusting God through something that really was unexpected to her. Um, I know a lot of a lot of you moms are walking through things that are very unexpected. Um, so I think that this will be a, an encouraging thing for you to hear. So Jessica, like, would you share about like, um, just the beginning of your journey with infertility and kind of what that looked like? Well, um, when Matt and I met, we were in college, we became best friends and I got married a little, maybe six months after college. When we got married, we said we would like kids, um, but a few years after we got married and Matt said two, I said five, <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't sure about jumping into that. Um, but around three years of being married, we started really thinking about having kids. Our friends were having kids and we were starting to think about that and talk about it. Um, but it was right about that same time that Hope Church asked me to come on staff and the type of job I was going to commit to was going to take a lot. And it was a two year commitment. And so we said, okay, we'll wait till the end of that two years. Um, and so I worked, um, really enjoyed what we got to do. And at the end of that two-year commitment, uh, most of our friends were having kids or getting pregnant. And we realized we weren't pregnant, but we weren't preventing pregnancy either. And so um, I went to a doctor to figure out what was going on. And he, without many tests or anything, he just said, I think it's going to be really hard for you to get pregnant. You're dealing with infertility. And um, I was shocked. Um and actually, it was, I can't remember if it was the same day or the next day, a really good friend told me they had been wanting to get pregnant and told me they were suddenly pregnant. Mm. And it just stung so badly because it was all kind of sinking in like, oh, this is a thing. Like, there's a reason we're not having kids. We're actually going to have trouble having kids. And um, I remember, I, I still remember where I was sitting when my friend told me she was pregnant and just the kind of the grief I felt inside and the temptation towards jealousy and envy and resentment. And so I went and got some counsel that has really benefited me um, every year in my life since. And that was that I had a real choice. I had a fork in the road. I could become, uh, I could focus on it and withdraw from the friendship, become really bitter and angry, resentful, or I could become my friend's number one fan and be excited about what God was doing for her and her husband and celebrate, be the one to throw the showers and the parties. And I needed to act my way into feeling because I didn't feel like doing it. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to end up bitter and resentful. So I made the choice to really become her number one fan. Um, and it was a super hard choice. But I'm so glad I did it because with each thing that I chose to celebrate or spearhead some sort of celebration for them, um, the sting in my own heart really became less. And I, all the way to when she had her baby, I was actually genuinely happy and I wasn't thinking about myself. And um, I share that in depth just to say, I feel like that, that counsel that I got and then the choice the Lord helped me make really set up the next several years of dealing with infertility to be one that was a lot better than it could have been. Um, because the temptation really was there to constantly compare. Um, 
but really throwing myself into trying to celebrate others and finding joy in that um, made those years, although hard in a lot of ways, a way that the Lord continued to grow me inside. Um, so I kept trying to really celebrate with others. And um, as we did that, I think the Lord really gave me a genuine joy um, for what he was doing and really being able to see him at work in other people's lives, which later played into being able to help um, develop some training programs that I got to work on, just being able to try and see what God's doing in people's lives. But years went by for us and we still didn't have kids. Um, sometimes that was really hard and really painful. And, but, but I would say normally it was, I could, I could keep moving forward with the Lord and keep working to kind of get my heart back to a good place. Um, and during that time, the Lord let me actually encourage a lot of women who are dealing with infertility. It's a topic. A lot of people are, it's kind of uncomfortable or hard to talk about. It's painful to talk about. So if you know someone that is, has been walking through it, it's like, oh my goodness, there's somebody I can talk to. And I had no idea I would end up being that person for people, but there were women in other countries who would talk to me because they just knew because we were vocal about the fact we were walking through that. Um, they knew I was someone they could talk to. Yeah. So um, I think, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, I, so I, I hear you saying at the beginning, God really allowed you to make a choice um, to not go with your feelings and then also a choice to do, to do some things like, uh, like some things to, like, uh, like obedience steps. Um, the kind of, and the very, very beginning, you kind of set your heart to find out what God wanted you to do in this situation. In yeah. Fact, because I think, I think it stung so much. I knew there was a choice and everything was going to flow out of that. The future was going to flow out of what direction I set my heart in, whether mm -hmm. I was going to focus on myself and what I didn't have, which felt really easy to do, mm -hmm. or whether I was going to go ahead and choose to do what I knew was right and focusing on others and celebrating what God was doing in their lives, even though I wasn't feeling it yet mm -hmm. and trust that God would help my feelings get there as I obeyed, which he really did. But I had to obey before I felt like it. Yeah. It, it reminds me of the song, trust and obey, where there's no other way to be happy in Jesus, but to trust and obey. <laughs> exactly <laughs> right. It just kind of goes together. Um, it does. But you, but, but it continued this, this time continued for you. So, but then, and, and then, then it really got a lot harder. Right. So yeah, there were, there were a lot of years that went by, like I talked about really pretty good, just having periods of dealing with something hard related to infertility, but then something happened for me that took me to really one of the darkest places I've been spiritually. Um, for the first time, someone got pregnant and I really struggled because I didn't feel like they deserved it, mm -hmm. which is a terrible thing to say, but it's the truth of what was in my heart. I was really mad at God. I felt like, you know, here, here I'm trying to do what you want and I don't feel like this person deserves this and you're keeping it from me. Um, right around that same time, 
we also decided to go through a bunch of fertility testing because the doctor years before really hadn't done any testing. Um, and so we did everything under the sun to figure out what was wrong. And at the end of all of that, um, the doctor sat down with us, the fertility specialist, and he said, basically, we can't find anything wrong with either of you. You fall into a category of unexplained infertility, which means there's nothing we can really treat to solve this. Um, and it was, I think on one hand, that's great news, right? There's nothing wrong with you. You can't, we can't explain it. There's nothing wrong. On the other hand, I think Matt and I both had this sense, like we've been trying to have kids for years and they can't find anything wrong. This really seems like it's God himself saying no. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was hard because where I went to very quickly with that was why, why God, why, why other people and not me? And I think that question in particular started all kinds of problems for me. Um, Mm -hmm. because it focused me on comparing with other people right after we got the results from the doctor, he, um, he really liked us and he was running a special test group where they had a 90% success rate of people getting pregnant. Um, and it was 10% of the cost, which meant it fell into the range of something we might could afford. Mm-hmm. And um, so we prayed, we got counsel, we researched. And with some of the specific boundaries on this fertility treatment, we felt like it really violated God's boundaries ethically. And so we had to say no to it. And for me, I felt like that no was saying no to any hope of children ever. And so all of that together, I, I got myself into just a very dark place spiritually. Yeah. Very hopeless. It just seemed like you were faced with the worst case scenario. And that's right. And it's, uh, it's very human to find yourself in a, in a dark place when what you really want is not happening. Um, yeah, I, I'm sure a lot of moms can relate to, um, to what you were talking about. I mean, I know I, I can relate when it seems like what I want is not happening. And, um, and then, and God is saying no, and there's no other reason, but God is saying no. (laughs) So then where do you direct your anger? (laughs) Um, but God, God really showed you some things about who he was through this situation. And he, he really made himself real to you. So how did God reach through into the dark place and, uh, and just really um, show his love for you? And what was the turning point in the journey through infertility? Well, I think the turning point started when I was open and honest. Mm-hmm. And um, I told Matt what I was really dealing with inside as we'd walked through this. And what I told him, um, I, I suspect many moms can relate to, even if you've never struggled with infertility. But what I felt like was that I had drawn a picture of what the future would look like, kind of like a crayon drawing um, as a child. And I had no idea I had drawn this picture of me married with kids and a home. And what God had been asking me to do was just rip up that picture piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And I felt broken inside as a result. Um, 
I think I'd never realized how deep in my heart that picture of what my future would look like was. And um, when I would try to think about a different future, the enemy would really offer me very dark and gray pictures. Like everything would be in black and white when I tried to imagine the future without what I wanted, without children. It would be Matt and I sad and lonely Mm -hmm. and it would all be in gray and hopeless. And um, so I finally shared all of that with Matt. And he said, I really think you've got to get some time with the Lord. You've got to get away and get some time with the Lord. And so we did that. We kind of peeled away, got a, got some extended time with God. And out of that time, just spending time with the Lord in prayer and in the Bible, I was able to remember, God reminded me deep in my heart of how much he loves me. Because I think that's something I'd let go of. In the midst of seeing everything I wanted kind of evaporating, the enemy had taken away my remembrance of how much God loves me. His son died for me. Mm-hmm. His son died for you. He loves us so much. And another thing was that my circumstances weren't a sign of the absence of God's love. I couldn't use what my circumstances looked like to measure how much God loved me. Like, oh, this person has one child. God loves them. This person has five children. God really mm-hmm. loves them. I have no children. God doesn't love me. I couldn't do that. I couldn't use what people's lives looked like or my own to measure God's love. Um, And then really God was calling me to, to actually go ahead and sacrifice to him what I wanted deep in my heart. And, you know, in the, in the old Testament, in the Bible, um, God calls uh, Abraham to sacrifice his son, Isaac. And, he ends up providing a way out. He provides a different sacrifice, but there is, there's that call to sacrifice the thing most dear to you. And I thought about that a lot and that I really think that's what God was wrestling with me for was would I sacrifice to him what I wanted most of children and trust him with an unknown future, not given to the gray dreary pictures of the future, but trust him that the future could actually have joy with him and it could be full of color and life but I would have to sacrifice and be willing to give up what it was I wanted. And I really, I really wrestled with the Lord over that. And finally I was able to come to a place in my heart where I told him the future is yours. And if we never have children, I trust you that it's going to be good. Not because I can see how it will be good, but because of who you are, God, I trust you. It's going to be good. Um, and it'll be full of joy and full of life, not dark and dreary because of who you are, not because of my circumstances. And when I finally got down to kind of that bedrock place in my heart of being willing to trust him and give up what I was wanting, um, I was able to move forward and actually get traction out of that dark place. It's interesting, Jessica, that I, that I hear you saying what you did was choose to have faith, choose to put your faith in God and say, and just kind of, you know, kind of put your stake in the ground and just say, I'm going to have faith that what you have for me, you know, you'll show me what you have for me and I'm going to obey you before I know what the circumstance is going to be before I know the outcome of that. Mm -hmm. That is very, um, that really sticks out to me, um, that, that you chose that before you knew what was going to happen. I think that's the place God had me. That's what he was working on in my heart was that I was going to have to trust him because I had really, I had really gotten to a place of looking around me to measure um, and, and 
compare his love based on circumstances. He really had to get me to a place where I would say, God, I trust you before I can see anything. I'm going to just choose to trust you. It will be good because of who you are. Mm. Um, and you know, we, we weren't pregnant the next day. (laughs) It wasn't, it wasn't. And that moment happened and then we were suddenly pregnant. In fact, right after that, we walked through some really hard things in ministry. Um, but also right after it, I had one of the biggest opportunities in ministry that I've gotten to experience. Um, some really neat things God did. And it was um, a while after that, that suddenly one day we were pregnant with our daughter. Um, It was actually after I had really begun to kind of treasure God's gift to us of infertility. I think he really worked in my heart to a place of seeing what he was doing, that it was his work in my life, using the hard things to really shape me and help me rely on him and trust him and walk closely with him. He was using the hard things to draw me close to him. So I had actually kind of begun to treasure it. And then we found out we were suddenly pregnant and it was shocking (laughs) out of nowhere. Um, But it was incredible. One of the things I've shared this with you, Erica, before, um, and I think you were there with us, but one of the things hit me whenever we were actually out in Southern California, I had just found out we were pregnant, like, Mm a day or two before we left. Um, And I was standing there at an event um, for some of the churches in California. And God brought something back to my mind that had happened years before. Um, When I was in high school, I went on a missions trip in the summer for a whole summer. And during that summer, I remember a very specific quiet time I had with the Lord one morning where I just spent most of the time praying and asking him to please use my life to impact others um, for his glory, for his good. And that is something I I wondered at the time if he was calling me to missions or what he was doing, but I prayed that over the summer. And it was actually a prayer I'd continued through my life as an adult was that he would really use my life to bring him glory and honor and to help lots of other people. Um, And as I stood at that event in California, it was, it was for something that I'd been working on in the network. It was like all of the sudden I could see for the first time all of those years it was about 14 years of infertility um it was like i was standing looking backwards and seeing god answer that prayer that started when i was in high school um and i realized this whole time i've been frustrated with god that he's been saying no to children but what he's actually been doing is saying yes to my deep heart desire to bring him honor and glory through my life and to help other people. And he'd actually used a lot of my, my time in ministry to be a help to others. And um, mm-hmm. that, that just blew me away. Now we were pregnant and I was getting the yes to what I wanted, but that I, I think walking through all those years, you want to know why, why is it a no? Why is it a no? And I just suddenly realized it's because he was actually saying yes to something much deeper in my heart, really. Mm-hmm. I remember when I heard that you had become pregnant, I remember thinking, wow, God is so good, like that he would allow Jessica to do all these things that would bless so many people. And, and um, 
and allow her to just make such an impact and then give her a child. Like, you know, like, um, so I, I mean, it's, it's just so backwards, but it's so how God does things. <laughs> I mean, before you even told me that, I remember talking to my husband like, isn't that amazing that God had Jessica do all these other things? It's like he had an assignment for her. And then he said, okay, now here you go. Now here's the new assignment. <laughs> so it's, yeah, pretty amazing. But I, I love that, that you decided that you were going to basically just like, yeah, the sacrifice of praise and that, that your desire was to love God no matter what. And, um, yeah, that, you know, without faith, it's impossible to please God, you know, you know, because, you know, um, that scripture that talks about that mm -hmm. we must earnestly believe that, um, mm -hmm. that he rewards, um, uh, those who earnestly seek him. Like we have to believe that he's going to reward us and, mm -hmm. and we have to have faith that, um, that he has good for us, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that you really chose that. And so, that probably I'm, I think I've seen this in your life that it has really impacted the way that you live life from there. I mean, from that point, from that point, it's impacted the way that you've lived your life, um, going through that experience. So, you know, when you're in the middle of something, sometimes you don't know what God's doing, but looking back, what do you think God was teaching you about your character through this trial and and, um, and how did that, how did that change you? Well, I think, um, looking at the whole experience, the, the 14 years of infertility, I think one of the things I can recognize is just, I, my heart needed work. I needed some deep work in my heart, uh, a little bit of a hardship, a little bit of challenge, maybe light level of work in my heart. This was deep in my heart and it went right to the core of who I was, my identity, my, and my trust in the Lord. Um, and yeah, it's like he took a chisel <laughs> or a jackhammer. <laughs> I feel like, yes, there's been certain things that are like, ouch, <laughs> but yes. require chisels and jackhammers. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> You know, I think, I think the Lord had taught me to trust him to certain levels, but this one was like, it's going to go to the core um, mm -hmm. of whether or not I would trust him and be open-handed with the future. And um, I think another thing that really this has gone deep, I hope, into who I am is learning that the hard things in life are really actually gifts from a loving father who is custom tailoring our individual training programs mm -hmm. for exactly what we need in order to bring him the most glory. Mm -hmm. And Psalm 144 one um, says he trains my hands for battle and my fingers for war. And that verse has stood out to me over the years because that's just such specific fine training and it's individual. He trains mm -hmm. my hands and my fingers mm -hmm. and um, just really recognizing and seeing this as something specifically given from him to me that it's, it's done with love to grow me because it's got to humble me and help me really submit to him and trust him. 
Um, I, that took a long time to get there, but I think that's been deep learning from it. Um, and then another one was just that God loves me and he loves you. He loves us so much more than we can imagine. Even when we, we get no from him, mm-hmm. it's out of his deep love and his good plans. Mm-hmm. And, um, that's hard when you are in the middle of circumstances that you don't want. And I know a lot of us have been in circumstances lately that we don't want, Mm -hmm. but even that no is from his love and it is for good. And it's easier to see when everything wraps up nicely and you're like, Oh, okay, well, you know, you end up getting what you want, but really getting to a place where you, where he, he made me get to a place where I had to hold on and believe that what he's doing is out of love and it is for good before I could see how it would come together. And that, that has really helped me since then of, I can't let go of that. That's one of the things I think I let go of um, when I got into such a bad place was just holding on to his deep love for me and my belief that he will work things together for good. Mm -hmm. um, Like the Bible says. So um, then another one is just celebrating what God's doing in other people's lives and not getting caught up in the jealousy and resentment. Like we talked about earlier, um, that really has born blessing in my life. Um, I'm so grateful for that counsel I got and then acting my way into feeling not the other way around. I am a feeler (laughs) and my feelings are like right there first thing, but knowing that I can choose how I act it doesn't have to be based on my feeling. I can actually choose to do what's right and God will help my feelings as I go ahead and obey and do what's right. Um, and then I, I kind of touched on this earlier, but just the pride um, versus humility. When God brings hard things into our lives, he really wants to humble us so that we trust him and root out that pride. And that's that jackhammer like chiseling process that hurts. Um, but just really humbling um, mm-hmm. me is something that's been helpful. It's, it's really helped in my life to see myself needing him and trusting him. Um, and then one other thing is just comparison. I think in the whole journey, comparison was something that I wrestled with. Um, and I, when I mentioned earlier, the, the question of why that started um, when early on, um, before I got myself in a bad way of why me, uh, one of the things I realized out of walking through this is it's the wrong question and the wrong question leads to a bad place. And Mm. so instead of focusing when something hard happens on why me, uh, this is something I still challenge myself with, um, is really to stop and think about Mm. how much God loves me because whatever's going on, it's not outside of his love for me. Um, it's right smack dab in the middle of his love for me. He hasn't stopped loving me. And then instead ask God, instead of why me, God, ask him, God, what do you want to teach me right now? If I, if I believe you love me and I believe this is for my good, what do you want to teach me? What do you want me to learn? And then how do you want me to bring you glory through this? Um, those two questions are game changers for me. Why me is right there immediately for me. <laughs> it's, my, it's my easy go-to, but really trying to make myself slow down and stop. Think about how much God loves me and then ask, what does he want to teach me? How does he want me to bring him glory through it? 
And then another one that I think in comparison, the Lord really worked on was just only comparing to Christ and comparing with others is so easy, especially, you know, the second you jump on social media, Mm -hmm. someone's on vacation, someone's having a great day with their kids. (laughs) Uh, Someone's having their best life now. (laughs) And no one posts like the, the updates of just how awful the day was. Yeah, great Usually. hair days and just like the best pictures, the best family pictures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're heading into that season. <laughs> the decorations, the fall decorations, <laughs> the home remodels. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, but, you know, I think that the opportunity to compare. Mm-hmm. especially for women is just right there. Um, but one of the things the Lord worked on my heart was to really compare just to Christ. And for me, Philippians two, one through 11 um, is what I go to when I'm trying mm-hmm. to wrestle with my heart on comparison, because, you know, if, if you go look it up and read through it, it talks about what Christ went through. And I, what I say to myself is this is God's son whom he loves. This is his son. And if this is what he walked through, and then God says he's going to, he's elevated to, to where every knee will bow um, and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, he's elevated to a place of honor, then I need to compare with his hardship, not with everyone else's great day on social media mm-hmm. or everyone else's circumstances that look like they're all together. Um, I need to compare to Christ. And if God loved him that much and he had him walk through that much hardship, then I can say, okay, he loves me. And I just have a a small thing comparatively that I'm walking through. Um, And then another thing with comparison is just one of the things the Lord spoke to me. um, And I I still remember it was in that time I got away with the Lord um, and spent time trying to get out of the, the kind of the deep hole I'd gotten myself into but one of the places he spoke to me out of in scripture was Psalm 104, 16 through 18. And it's kind of a funny section of scripture if you haven't read it before. Um, but it says, uh, the trees of the Lord are watered abundantly. The cedars of Lebanon that he planted in them, the birds build their nests. The stork has her home in the fir trees. The high mountains are for the wild goats. The rocks are a refuge for the rock badgers. Uh, that's kind of an odd section of scripture to take mm-hmm. and have feel be really meaningful in your life. <laughs> I don't know many, I haven't heard many sermons on, on this particular section of scripture. Oh. <laughs> but, but one of the things the Lord said to me out of it was, look, I made creation different. The, the stork is my creation. It has a home in the fir trees. The the goat is my creation. It has a home in the mountains. The, the rock badger is my creation and it has its home in the rocks. You can't compare yourself to someone else. Don't compare your circumstances. Their story is different than yours. Um, you be who I made you to be and compare to me. Don't compare to other people. Do my story that I'm writing for you. Be the you I created you to be. And mm-hmm. That helped a lot just, and that's something I still go back to when I'm tempted with comparison. Um, because I think as long as I'm alive, that will probably be a temptation because I'm mm-hmm. a woman, but, um, I go back to, okay, 
I can't compare against a stork or a rock badger or go, I, I am the me God made me to be. And the way I bring him the most honor and glory is by being who he made me to be, not trying to be someone else or have a different story. Um, hmm. So I, I think kind of all that together, that, that that's a lot. And it wasn't like that happened in one day, but all those things together with comparison, the Lord worked on over some time and kind of drove deep into my heart out of the pain because I needed him. It was, it was painful. I really needed his help. Um, and then one of the other things woven through that is just that I couldn't do it on my own. Um, operating out of my own strength will always lead me to hopelessness. And that's true today. That's true back then. If I get into just operating on my own strength or I think about the future based on my own strength or what I have, it looks dark. It looks hopeless, but really leaning into him and his strength and trying to put my trust in him, not myself gives a very different picture to me of the future and of my circumstances and actually gives me new strength inside from him. Um, yeah, I, as I'm listening to you describe all the things that you learned, like he could have taught you this through completely different circumstances. He, you didn't have to learn it through infertility, but that I'm um, through that struggle of infertility, but he chose to give you that. And he does know what we need. He is a good father. He's a good parent. And he, he really knows what what will help us learn the lessons that he has for us. Um, I, yeah, I'm, I think I'm just thinking of all the, the women that, you know, that are listening to this, you know, we, we constantly compare ourselves to other people's situations and we think, Oh, that's much easier. I could do that when we're listening, listening to people. Um, but really, you know, for that person, that's the struggle that God is using to really um, drive home um, just his love for them. And um, yeah, so I'm, I, I, I know I've dealt with this struggle of comparison myself and God has used completely different, a completely different set of situation circumstances um, in my life. So, um, but I, I, I love how the Lord is, um, He's creative. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a word to describe it. He's creative in the way he teaches us. We don't have a one size fits all faith, faith track. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Um, but yeah, those are all really helpful things that you had to share with the ladies. Hi moms, Penny Lambert here. That wraps up this portion of our interview with Jessica for this month. Um, but come back next month to hear the conclusion to her interview. You won't want to miss out. Thanks so much for joining us today. We hope that you've been encouraged to move forward in your parenting journey and that you have some practical next steps you can readily apply. Join us again next month for another mom to mom podcast.